Hey everybody, welcome to episode 37 of Mendoza Line. My name is Cam, and I am joined by the baseball guru, Nick Coates. What's up? Hey Cam, how are you? Uh, I'm good, sir. How are you doing? You know, I can't complain. I'm alive, breathing, got a lot of good things going on. I don't know. Life is good. All right. Deep answer. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always a little bummed by, you know, we've reached the, the all-star break. So the first half is over, and, you know, we've got the home run derbies tomorrow night, which, you know, should be entertaining, and the uh, the all-star game is, is Tuesday night, but then there's two, game, there's two days of no games. Those are always the hardest two days of the year. <laughs> So, but well, it's it's hard for another reason. It's because there's no sports on. There's no football. There's no right. basketball. There's no hockey. Uh, there may be a midweek soccer game, but I know that doesn't really thrill you. So yeah, it's yeah. We're talking about real sports here, Cam. You know what, Nicholas? I will stop recording right now if you don't take that back. <laughs> No, but it's true. There's there's not really much going on this week, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, but that's... the lack of apology there is quite uh <laughs> upsetting. Yeah, I I probably came out a little harsh. I'm I am sorry about that, but I I definitely do not care as much as you do about soccer, and that's all right. Yep. Anyways, hey, let's talk about the All Star teams. Yes, we, our last episode, we, we went through and picked the teams and thankfully the, uh, the vote went, went pretty well. Seems like most people who are, who were voted in deserved it. So yeah, I think we did a, we did a pretty good job. We had a few discrepancies, I think that, um, you know, you're, you're the guys that you picked it. I think no one that we picked didn't make the team, but the difference in starters and reserves, you know, it just depends on when they play the game, I guess. But, but yeah, for the most part, the uh, the the voting one is planned, so no no big surprises at the end. The uh, AL starters: Salvador Perez, Justin Smoke at first, uh, Jose Altuve at second, Jose Ramirez at third, Carlos Correa at short, Aaron Judge in right. Mike Trout was voted in as a center fielder. George Springer um, also was voted in. And then Corey Dickerson was the DH. Um, Who we did not pick. We did not. He was he was in the discussion, um, having a very underrated year. You know, the Rays aren't a team that a lot of people follow, so I think he definitely is flying under the radar in that respect. But... Mm-hmm. So reserves for the American League, Gary Sanchez, catcher, Yonder Alonso at first, Starlin Castro at second, Jonathan Scope uh, also at second, Miguel Sano, Francisco Lindor, Mookie Betts, Avisel Garcia, who I believe we had as a starter just because we knew that Trout wasn't going to play, so which he's not, <clears throat> so we weren't too off on that in that regard. And then Michael Brantley and then Nelson Cruz. 
as the DH, and then the AL pitcher pitchers, Yu Darvish, Michael Fulmer, Dallas Keuchel, Corey Kluber, Lance McCullers, Chris Sale, Luis Severino, Jason Vargas, which is a, you know, probably a surprise for a lot of people who don't know who Jason Vargas is. Dylan Batances, who I have a little bit of beef beef with, that pick. I think that's a reputation pick. I'll explain later if you want me to. Craig Kimbrell and Andrew Miller. So those are your American League All-Stars. Dylan Batances is not having a very good year. So that's that's my beef with that. I know because I have him on a fantasy team and he is... <laughs> You know, he's still, he's striking a lot of people out, but his ERA and whip are, you know, not very good. He's walking a lot of people. So I think he's just been kind of known as a guy that's, he's made the team as a setup guy. He's just being a guy with, he's got really good stuff, but he's he's definitely not having a, a year worthy of being an all-star this year. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Pretty good pitching staff there. There were, obviously, there was already some, turnover and guys being hurt and um not being able to play the game pitching on sunday so yeah as i said mike trout is not going to be playing he's still rehabbing starlin castro and dallas keichel are on the dl um and then kluber darvish and fulmer pitched today so they're not going to be available so they were replaced so those guys that were replaced were Chris, Ar- Chris Archer is on the team now. Robinson Cano, Chris Davinsky, who is a middle reliever for the Astros, and he's really good, having a great year. But again, probably not a lot of people know who that is. But he's got some sick stuff, and is a big reason why the Astros are so good right now. Brandon Kitzler for the Twins, and Roberto Osuna for the Blue Jays, and then Justin Upson, Justin Upton for the the Tigers also made it. See, um, that makes me happy. He was one of those guys that was having a good enough year. Mm-hmm. Definitely not good enough to start, but I thought, you know, he's he had a rough transition to the Tigers uh, originally, so I'm glad to see that he's getting the, the slot that I think he deserves to be on the bench, at least to start, you know, for the start of the game. So that makes me happy. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a guy that <clears throat> has the pedigree but is also having a good year. Uh, and deserves to be on the team. So, uh, Davinsky, he's the pitcher for the Astros. He's got six wins on the year, three saves. He's got 52 innings for Lever, which is a lot of innings at this point in the year. You know, he's on pace for almost 100 innings as a middle mm-hmm. reliever. And he's got 74 strikeouts, 273 ERA, which it was lower than that. He had a one bad outing where he gave up four runs yesterday, or it would have, I think it was under two before that and a 0.84 whip so that guy, that guy's having a really good year <clears throat> um but yeah that's a you know obviously it's an all-star team a lot of good players on that team so um yeah should be it should be fun to watch so should we move on to the national league any, you have anything else you want to add nope let's get to the national league and then let's get to our main topics Sounds good. So starters for the National League, Buster Posey at catcher, Zimmerman at first. Not a surprise. He had a pretty big lead in the vote there. Daniel Murphy, no-brainer at second. Nolan Arenado uh, was voted in at third. Zach Cozart, by the slimmest of margins, uh, starting at short over Corey Seager. 
So I'm a little biased, but I'm glad that Cozart got it because this is probably the only time he's going to be starting an all-star game. Mm-hmm. And then outfield was Charlie Blackman, Bryce Harper, and Marcelo Zuna, all guys that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and uh, had had first halves deserving of being an all-star. So the reserves for the National League, Yadi and Rolina, of course, Paul Goldschmidt and Joey Votto, two, two guys that were also very, very deserving, could have been starters as well. <clears throat> it was fun to watch them. The Reds play the Diamondbacks this this weekend, so it was fun to watch them play play against each other. It seemed like they were always on base talking to each other because they're always on base. Uh, Josh Harrison at the Pirates at second with DJ LeMahieu. Jake Lamb at third, having another good year for the Diamondbacks. Corey Seager at short. And then outfield is uh, Giancarlo and Inder Enciarte and Michael Conforto. And Cody Bellinger is also the yeah, first base slash outfielder. And then pitchers, uh, Zach Grinke, Clayton Kershaw, Carlos Martinez, Robbie Ray, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Wade Davis, Brad Hand. I think he is the Padres' only representative, which is why he's on the team. Greg Holland, Kenley Jansen, Corey Knable, and Pat Neshek. Also the only Philly, I believe, that's on the team. I didn't realize Pat Neshek was still in the league. He is. He's he's doing okay. He's got that really funky motion. Remember, yeah, a couple years ago, he had an amazing year with the Astros. He's having a pretty good year as well um, for the Phillies. ERA at 131. One of the few things going well for the Phillies this year. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know a ton about Brad Hand, so he's he's having a good year as a um, reliever for the Padres. Uh, 47 innings, 60 strikeouts, 230 ERA. Um, but the Phillies and Phillies and Padres just don't have much else. They've both had pretty rough years, so they have a, a couple of middle relievers there making the team. <clears throat> not necessarily been closers on those teams, but and then um, Alex Wood uh, is taking the place of Kershaw, who started today. So Kershaw won't be playing in the game, which is unfortunate, seeing how he's the best pitcher in the game. But yeah, I wish they could find a way around that. Yeah, I don't. I I guess it's tradition to play, always play on Tuesday, but I don't think it'll be that hard to. Push it back to Wednesday because, you know, part of our, our main topic, you know, that we'll get to is talking a little bit about the Futures game, which they play today, which is fine and all, but there's a full slate of Major League games today. So my my thought is why not play that game tomorrow when there's nothing else going on so you can have everyone, you know, the, the more casual baseball fan be able to watch this game and see the up-and-coming wave of the future you know the next generation of of top prospects instead of having it on a sunday afternoon when everyone else is playing and then you can bump the home run derby back to tuesday and all-star game on wednesday and then everyone still has a day off on thursday but i don't know that just makes too much sense i guess Mm -hmm. so then you could have the, the idea is that the starting pitchers have a couple days to rest and then they could you know, theoretically still throw an inning in the all-star game. But I'm, I'm sure the Dodgers aren't too 
too worked up about him missing the, the all-star game. So less chance for injury, less chance for, you know, less pitches that he's throwing in the middle of the season in an exhibition game when he can rest up and get ready for the second half of the season for a, for a Dodgers team that is doing really well right now. So Dodgers and Astros, I saw a stat today on them. They are two of five teams in the last 40 years to have 60 wins um, on the, at the All-Star break, which is pretty impressive to have two yeah two teams dominate like that <clears throat> in the same year. So we've, um, I don't know if you remember, but I picked the Dodgers to go to the World Series this year, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. And I, I picked the Astros to go to the World Series last year, and then I backed off, backed off on that this year because they had a bit of a down year last year, and I wish I would have stuck to my guns a little bit better. Because, um, yeah, the, the Dodgers and Astros kind of seem like the clear-cut two best teams right now. So, long way to go. A lot could happen. Injuries could happen. Kershaw's definitely had a pretty extensive injury history recently, along with a lot of other Dodgers pitchers. So, that could spiral pretty quickly. Um but it seems like the Astros have the depth of, you know, prospects and talent there to withstand that more than the Dodgers. Because um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Astros have, they just have, they've got so much in their major leagues already, and then they have so many guys knocking at the door that they just don't have enough spots. So we'll, uh, and f- you know, maybe the next episode... As the uh, all-star break wraps up, we start getting into trade deadline season. I think names will begin to emerge as to who's on the the market, and we'll get a better sense of who's available. Starting pitching wise, I think that'll be the Astros will be in the middle of that, along with you know several other teams in contention. The starting the starting pitching market will be pretty hot in that regard. But um, yeah, Alex Wood is a very he's having a very good year he's a worthy replacement in that regard too so should be a great game i'm uh, excited that cozart and Votto made it Votto hasn't made it since 2013 which is crazy but it's a testament to the depth of the first base um national league first baseman you know paul goldschmidt has been amazing for a long time now so it's been tough to beat him out and Votto's just had slower starts in the past few years and really had blistering second halves to where he's really just started off really, really well and hasn't let up, which helped him make the make the All-Star game this year. So should be fun. Are you planning on watching? Uh, I have to work on Tuesday night, unfortunately. Well, you have to watch the recap so we can we can talk about it next week. Oh, yeah, I will. I will keep up the you know, up to speed on what's going on. I just won't be able to actually sit down on the couch and watch it. So now do you care less because this one doesn't count? No, I mean, I just, I don't know. The, uh, the major league baseball all-star game is kind of like the pro bowl to me. Just like, whatever. Wow. I don't know if you can compare anything to the pro bowl. Yeah, that was kind of a low blow. But you did hate on my soccer earlier, so you got that one. You earned that. Um, it just it you you got the best hitters. I mean, the pitchers just it's just not exciting unless you're unless you're like a baseball nerd and really into you know 
like for a game that's supposed to be entertaining, the All Star Game should be like that's what the Home Run Derby is a ton of fun to watch because they're all you know loose and hanging out and they have their kids on the field and. But you know the All Star Game's just not nearly as exciting as you would hope it would be when you get all the best players because the pitchers just kind of shut shut it down. And rightfully so, that's their job. I get it, but you know it's not like the NBA All Star Game where it's two hundred to hundred to like one hundred ninety five at the end, <laughs> which gets old. But watching it for watching it for ten minutes is fun. What do you mean shut it down? The 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 guys. There's that... not a lot of runs scored. The pitchers just like all right, three up, three down, four up, three like it's just not. It's not terribly thrilling baseball most of the time, unless you're really into solid pitching, which is a good thing. And I get the pitchers are doing their job. I get it. You just you need lots of home runs to be entertained. Sounds like. <clears throat> no, not a lot of home runs, but gosh, maybe a hit or two in an inning would be nice. <laughs> get some guys on base. Right. Well, we've because it's it's hard for the d- defenders to make great plays if the ball's not. And and I'm I'm over I'm speaking hyperbolically here. I realize that people get on base, and I realize that there are defensive plays made. But yeah, the base. You know, I mean, the, good, pi- good pitch. Good pitching always wins. And the, the All Star Game is imperfect in that the you know baseball wasn't made for a new pitcher. I guess it just has never been played where you have a new pitcher every inning or two. So that's always been yeah. the All Star Game because you're never going to ask a one guy to pitch six or seven innings. So yeah, when everyone, when you have the best pitchers having the best seasons throwing at max effort, it's definitely going to lend to um, not as many runs. But I don't know. I don't take it as I've never taken it as seriously as I guess some people, you know, who want to see. I I, I always want to see the National League win as a someone who roots for the, a National League team, but I'm never bummed by a. If it's a lopsided game, I just enjoy watching the all the best players playing the same game. I, I'm not as much into aesthetically what it looks like, I guess. But I'm also a hardcore baseball fan to where I can see where a casual fan wouldn't find it as exciting, which is fine to each his own. Exactly. All right, so moving on. So I, I wanted to make reference to the futures game which i talked about was today so that's always a fun benchmark of the year for me um just to be able to watch as someone who enjoys following the minor leagues and not only the reds top players but also the players around the league just getting a chance to know get to know these guys before they they make the the majors and become household names to the casual fan i like to follow their careers as they grow and develop from when they're whether they're drafted as an 18 year old or out of college they everyone that's in the majors goes through a a development process uh, for the most part so it's fun to to watch just in general those those guys so the futures game was today and there's just um so many good players and i think there's always the roster's always a has 50 players and i think i saw a stat today where 32 so the last year's futures last year's futures game out of the 50 that that were on the roster 32 uh have already made their major league debuts so for the most part these these prospects are knocking on the door whether they are in double a or triple a there's a few in high a but a lot of these players you're going to be seeing over the next whether it be in the second half 
or the beginning of next year. So for you hardcore fantasy league players, if you want to get a, a, head, jump, a head start, definitely get familiarized yourself with the, the roster this year. So just a few guys that <clears throat> I wanted to point out as far as guys that I really like and I think more likely than not, I think the casual fan will begin to know um, sooner rather than later. So there's the uh, the teams are divided into U.S. and the world. So depending on obviously where a lot of players were born or family lineage. So I'll start with the the U.S. pitchers. One guy I think that you'll want to get to know as a Tigers fan is a guy named Bo Burrows. He was a, their first round pick in 2015. He's currently in Double A. Uh, for the Tigers, but he he's a big um, big right-hander that throws really hard. And, um, yeah, there's a decent chance he could be up next year uh, pitching for the Tigers. Um, Jimmy Herget, he's a reliever for the, the Reds. He is this really tall, gangly kid. He's 6'3", 170, <laughs> which is hilarious. Like, that's so tall and skinny. But he wears these goggles and he wears these high socks with stirrups. So he looks super throwback and he has this really funky motion. He, he still throws 95, but he's he's rocketed. He was drafted in 2015, just two years ago, and he's already in the Reds AAA, on the Reds AAA team, knocking on the door. So he's uh, he'll be a pretty good reliever for us. But Brent Honeywell started the game today and was the MVP. But he's one of the few pitchers today that throws a screwball still. It's one of his better pitches. Uh, he, he's in the Rays organization. So he, he might be up later this year, but more likely and not more full-time next year. Michael Kopech for the White Sox. He was a part of the big Chris Sale deal. He's a guy that regularly throws 100 as a starter. Has been clocked as high as 103 to 104 which if he was a reliever, he could probably throw that regularly. But as a starter, he'll be more in around 100, which is still <laughs> super impressive. Yeah. Pretty measly. Yeah, pretty measly. So um, a few of the infielders, Bo Bichette. So you remember Dante Bichette? Oh, my gosh. I haven't heard that name in forever. Yeah, played for the, the Rockies, and he played for the Reds for mm-hmm. a little bit. But his son is in the the Blue Jays system, and he... I'll look up his stats really quick because they're insane. But he's he was just promoted to high A ball. So he was he's super young kid. Um one of the younger kids, him and here's another guy you'll know that played on the world's teams. <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s uh Vladimir Guerrero, his son, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a prospect. So that made me feel really old. As someone <laughs> who we've talked about him. He was someone who's great one of our favorite players growing up but mm-hmm. he him and Bo Bichette are prospects in the Blue Jays organization so Bo Bichette which if you say it fast it sounds like Boba Fett Boba Fett that's exactly <laughs> where my brain went <laughs> he, he's only 19 years old promoted to high a ball which is super impressive because most 19 year olds are if they're establishing themselves in low A ball. That's fantastic. But he's hitting 384 with a 448 on base percentage and slugging 623. So over a thousand OPS. Um and what position does he second play? Second base. Yeah, second base Jeez. and I think shortstop, but he'll be a probably a second baseman. 
So 10 home runs and 12 steals in uh, the season so far. Now, actually, yeah, and he hit over 400 last year in rookie ball. So he is shooting through the major leagues. It'll probably be a few more years for him, but that's a... That's a kid that's going to have a lot of success in the majors. And he's got the, the pedigree and the bloodlines already um, to yeah. make that team. So, um, so yeah, Boba, Sh- Boba, F- I don't want to say Boba Fett, <laughs> Boba Shet. He's a, a guy to keep your eyes on for sure. So, <clears throat> um, so yeah, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like I said, he, Baseball America just, uh, updated their top 100 list and he's already up to i think number two on that list so he's a very well thought out prospect already as well um brendan rogers he is also a just turned he's not even he'll he's turning 21 um neck in a actually a month from today but he just was promoted to double a he was the third overall pick in the 2015 draft for the Rockies, he's going to be their their franchise shortstop, um, already killing Double A ball as a twenty year old. And then Nick Senzel, he's uh, the Reds' first round pick last year. He was kind of known as a safe safe bet to to rocket through the minors, and he has. He's pretty much hit over three hundred everywhere he's been. He's already in in Double A <clears throat> um, this year. And then a few of the outfielders, Kyle Tucker for the Astros, is already in Double A as a 20 year old and uh, he's just one of the, the few Derek Fisher is another Astros outfielder that just killing everything in the minor leagues right now, but there's really not a ton of spot, you know, space for them on the major league team. So be interested to see if they're a part of deals for a, for an ACE like pitcher in the, the upcoming deadline. So, and then the, uh, the world team has a, the, they have more younger players, um, but there's a lot of talent there that you just might not see them as quickly. But I, I talked about um, Guerrero, but Rafael Devers, he's in Double A for the the Red Sox, um, doing really well there. It may be another year or two for him, but <clears throat> probably see him as their their third baseman of the future. Uh, Yoan Moncada, obviously, he's been the number one prospect for a couple years now, a big part of the sale deal. But he's he's not long for the minors. He'll be uh, the regular second baseman for the White Sox, uh, most likely in the next month or so. Ahmad Rosario for the Mets. A lot of people are clamoring for him to be their shortstop because they uh, they need one, and he is doing well in AAA, but he has not been promoted yet. But I, I would think pretty soon that will happen. Um, and a lot of their pitchers are younger. Mike Soraka, he's uh, in Double A for the the Braves. He he's one of their of their many pitching prospects. One of the ones that's closer, so you'll probably see him next year. And um, yeah, that's a a quick overview of of some of the names there. But and then oh, I forgot about a few of the outfielders for the World Team. Eloy Jimenez, he's a outfielder in the for the Cubs. He I don't know if you saw this, but a few weeks ago in his his league all-star game in the home run derby, he hit once and broke a stadium light. He hit it so high 
So Roy Hobbs style in the natural. He he has oh that gosh. type of power. Um, so he'll he's still a couple years away. He's in he's only in a high A ball. Uh, Victor Robles. <laughs> high A, get it? He hit the ball yeah, high. Yeah, he hit it. Ha ha. He should um <laughs> he should look up that video of him doing that. It was pretty incredible. And then Victor Robles Robles is another top five prospect for the Nationals. He's um, also in high A, but the world team has a ton of ton, like the ton of guys that have a ton of talent, but they're just so young still. I mean, they're most of them are nineteen or twenty, so they're still a few years away. So the uh, the U.S. team won seven to six, I believe. So it was a pretty good game all around. But yeah, a lot of names. There's a lot more names that are there. I encourage you to check some of those guys out. But yeah, if you um, if your team's not very good and you need some encouragement, you know, check out and see if you have a guy on the futures futures game roster or not, or see, you know your team's top prospects. Because a lot of times, you know, pretty much every team has a guy or two that's coming up the pipeline that's gonna be able to offer support sooner rather than later. So. So yeah, there's the uh, the future. Cool. I put the uh, Jimenez home run in the uh, show notes. Did you find it? I did, and the show notes can be found, Nicholas. Where? Oh, you're gonna. It's been way too long. You're gonna have to go to that. <laughs> SuperMegacorp.net slash Mendoza slash thirty seven. Or if you're listening on your smartphone, you can uh, just. Sc- Swipe down below the podcast artwork and the show notes should be right there. Pretty cool how that works. Yeah, quick. It is. And a quick plug for Overcast. You got me on that, but I love that. It eliminates the silences. I know, I've know i noticed in our, the Mendoza Line podcast, it, it speeds it up by like 1.3 or 1.4. So uh, an hour episode, an hour long episode, you can wipe out about 10 minutes of just nonsense. So that's kind of nice. Today we salute you, Mr. Overzealous Foul Ball Catcher. Mr. Overzealous Foul Ball Catcher. Well, yeah, Cam, we've we've reached the All-Star break, so this is a great time for us to to look back at, to the first three months of the season. Uh, we each have a few, I guess, observations or notes of, you know, team performances, individual performances that have surprised us. And then we'll transition into you know, a primer for the, the rest of the year and <clears throat> maybe our expectations and kind of what we see happening and what we're excited to see. Yeah, so I guess my first surprise is that five of the six divisions are going exactly how I thought they would. <laughs> like, I'm a little disappointed that only one of them is a head-scratcher. Um, mm. I think Boston winning the East Cleveland, who started out poorly but has bounced back, leading the Central, Houston in the West, and then Washington and L.A. in the East and West for National League. The only one that is a head-scratcher to me is Milwaukee, um, and that's more so the Cubs' fault, I think, than, than actually the Brewers' fault. Um, but, the, yeah, the fact that five of the six are kind of going exactly as we thought they would um, as far as who's leading the division is – I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I just found it noticeable. Yeah, I'm I'm always going to be surprised by a team having a 16 and a half game lead 
in a division at the All-Star break, which the Astros currently have in the West. To be fair, they have won 60 games. <laughs> and, that's... and the second place team is under 500. Yeah, so that's, exactly. That's a perfect recipe for that to happen. So I am a little surprised the Angels are in second. <clears throat> um, that was a definitely not a team that, especially when you have Mike, their best player has been out for six weeks. But I also think that... that's also a factor of Texas and Seattle underperforming what we expected they would. By a pretty wide margin. I mean, exactly. those were two teams that had invested a lot into this year and definitely have the talent that they should be doing a lot better than what they're doing. So the West is has been won. Exactly. <laughs> in the in the West. So yeah, the central Cleveland seems to be pulling away a little bit um after a little bit of a sluggish start. The Tigers and Tigers are really struggling. I uh I sense a big sell off for them in their future. Yeah, I've been preparing myself mentally and emotionally to watch Justin Verlander and Miguel Cabrera leave the team this year. Miguel will be a little surpri- more surprising. Well, and the fact that they owe him so much money. Yeah, but he's he's and he's not even having the best year either. His average is pretty low for him. Yeah. I'll so. be pretty shocked still if they trade him, but I, I definitely could see them trading Verlander and JD Martinez. Uh, because he's yeah, he's, he's gonna be a free he's gonna be a free agent. And he's having a pretty good year. Yeah, he's been amazing since he's come back. So um, that's that sucks. That sucks a it lot. It does, but they they need to replenish their system. And they've got some good pitchers there already, but um I'm just sick of I'm just sick of uh, our aces slash Cy Young winners leaving and winning elsewhere. No, I I understand losing Scherzer that hurt. Well, and you know David Price and Porcello won the freaking Cy Young last year. It's just mm-hmm. you know. Well, hopefully they can make wise moves and then they're up and comers and Michael Fulmer they can by doing that saving the money they can extend them to where they can keep them longer but the Tigers have had some rough luck in that regard yeah it'll just be weird to see Verlander in a different uniform because he's been a Tiger that will be ever it will be they've there's been some talk about the Cubs which would be weird (laughs) so weird well they could use the pitching help but if you guys got Eloy Jimenez for that, I would not feel that would be a great trade for you. But I don't know if they're going to trade him. But they might have to to be able to get a, a Verlander. So it's going to be very intriguing. Um, but yeah, I think I would agree for the most part. You know, the divisions have been going as planned. <clears throat> the intrigue has definitely been in the Central, the NL Central, where the the Brewers have really build a, a nice five-and-a-half-game lead here. They're, they're nine games over. And whereas the Cubs and Cardinals are two games under, you know, I think a lot of people would not have guessed that, especially, you know, I, I mentioned to you this before we started, but I, I think I am ready to admit that I may have been wrong about the Cubs, and I don't foresee a, a major push in the end here just because their pitching is really falling apart. You know, Lester gave up 10 runs today. Lackey has been very ineffective and is going on the DL. And Arietta has been really hit, hit and miss. And um, 
yeah, they're they're struggling big time. You know, I again they still have the talent, and if their pitching does get right, and they trade for a couple starters, they can make a push here. And I don't believe that the Brewers, <clears throat> the Brewers have a very strong offensive team. If you look through their lineup, you might not recognize every single person in their lineup, but they are having some really good years. But you know, I'm when you've got one of their best pitchers, Chase Anderson is out for about a month now but you know they've got a lot of guys that not totally sure if they're going to be able to withstand this uh, over the long term so I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue there to where I think the the Cubs could and of course the Cardinals could still make a push there and you know I'm not it's it's not like the Brewers have it in the bank by any means but it doesn't look as crazy as it did about a month ago that the Brewers could could go the distance here you know they've been in first place for over a month now so and i i and another observation team wise for me is just that the the diamondbacks and rockies are still um you know they've really sustained that start you know the rockies are i've hit some rough times here a little bit but they're still buying away the uh, the two you know two leading wildcard teams the the division seems a little out of the reach just because the the Dodgers have won 61 games but they um, have a healthy lead in the wildcard to where that seems like the probable wildcard matchup at this point in the season which is pretty rare to have you know that seems like that clear of a picture to where you know the Cubs are seven and a half games back of the wildcard at this point so unless one of those two teams just absolutely tanks it seems like that that would be the the blue wild card game which would be very unique won't have the the cardinals or pirates which it seems like it's you know had pretty much every year that we've had the wild card but um i think it's interesting too the the rays are in the second wild card spot in the american league you know I've, that's a that's going to be a tight race the the twins are only a game back the T- royals are a game and a half so you still have a lot of teams, you know, I would say that probably there's only four teams in the American League that are completely out of it, and the, even then, the, the Blue Jays are, they're five and a half, they're five back in the wild card, but they've just, they've not done a lot this year to give you a lot of confidence, but, you know, Detroit, Oakland, and the White Sox are, it kind of feels like those are the only teams that have no chance, so... I don't know. The the Tigers are set up well here. If there's not many other sellers, especially in the American League, um, it could be a more of a seller's market in that regard. Well, if we're gonna have to do it, it might as well, you know, get as much bang for your buck as you can. The unfortunate thing, though, is that in the the National League, you know, outside of the five teams in it right now, how many more teams feel good about their postseason chances when you know that the top two outside of the wild card the cubs and cardinals are seven and a half back of that you know they, they have a better chance in their actual division whereas i don't think atlanta pittsburgh miami the mets cincinnati san diego san francisco or philly they're all probably going to be sellers as well so a lot of a lot of selling in the national league not as much in the american league well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, huh? We shall. There should be a lot of intrigue, for sure. So, 
I did want to touch on just a few, I guess, individual performances. I think, you know, coming into the year, you know, Aaron Judge had always been a, a, for prospect people, someone that they knew about, but I don't think anyone, for as much as he struggled in AAA last year, saw him hitting 30 home runs in the first half and hitting 330 for as much as he strikes out. So it's been, that's a pretty incredible first half. You know, he's arguably been the MVP of the, the American League. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's done well for himself, that young man out there in New York. Um, I, I will be interested to see how he fares in the second half of the season. For a number, yeah, for a number of reasons. The length of the season, uh, the second, third, or fourth time pitchers will see him. Um, the, the data they will have on him over the course of the season. Um, and I don't know if, if 60 home runs is is sustainable for, (laughs) I mean, maybe it is, but, um, it's, it's interesting to see what's, you know, is the real Aaron judge the first half of the season or last year's triple a, or is it some, you know, mixture of the two? Uh, and I think the second half uh, tends to draw that out of people as the season wears on. So we'll see. But yeah, man, he's had a great year. Will the real Aaron Judge please stand up? Mm, doesn't have quite the ring as Slim Shady, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm interested to see how many home runs he ends up at. I think I think he'll clear 50, which is a great season. That's Yeah, that's pretty stinking good but if he gets the 60 that will you know we're talking just a few just a decade ago that was breaking a an all-time record so um ryan zimmerman we've talked about him he's having a fantastic year still hitting 333 um 19 home runs 62 rbis jake lamb that's a guy that I think a lot of people wrote him off as, you know, he had a good start to the year, then kind of tailed off. But he's he's right up there in 281, 20 home runs, 67 RBIs. Elvis Andrews, he's he's been around for so long. He's just having a, his, you know, he's got 11 home runs this year, 11 home runs, 20 stolen bases, having a great year for the Rangers, who are just in general not having a good year overall. And then Corey Dickerson as well, hitting 312 for the Rays with uh, 17 home runs. Um, and then Travis Shaw, I think he's he's a guy that a lot of people probably don't know about. He was um, he was on the Red Sox. They traded him to the the Brewers last year, but he's got 18 home runs and 61 RBIs and hitting 296. Um, actually, hit he hit a home run has so he's going to end the first half with 19 home runs and 65 RBIs uh for the Brewers so there's just there's a lot of very high home run totals and I think well I, I think I read June Maya may have broken a record for home runs in a month all time or something like that there's something going on with the baseball this year where there's a lot of conspiracy theories as to the baseball's been wound super tight or Major League Baseball, it's a conspiracy to get to get more runs or something, but there's there's an incredible amount of people with twenty home runs or more right now. Um so, you know, you think about just a few years ago where the uh 
the home run totals were really suppressed and the pitchers seemed to be dominating. And that's definitely reversed in just like five years. So, you know, I haven't done as much research to, to give you those numbers, but I know that there's been quite a change in the paradigm of, you know, to where there's so many amazing offensive numbers now. So it's just interesting how that changes so quickly. Yeah, I, I don't know. People love a good conspiracy theory. That's unfortunate, but hey, the truth is out there, Nick. <laughs> that's a that's a bold statement. It is. It's also from the X-Files, but that's okay. And then I did want to note a few players that are having the opposite, bad bad seasons. So oh, so is this a preview of the Mendozies at the end of the season? Maybe. All the, this is more of more of players that um are were expected to be top you know 10 15 players in the majors that are definitely not so those (laughs) we'll get more to um the bottom bottom of the barrel i mean these are still good players but so for instance manny machado you know you're he's a top 10 15 player in the game right so he's got 18 home runs but he's only hitting 228 and that's a guy that's never hit never hit that low so he's he's really struggling um seems to be having a bit of a tear late to get that up but Orioles in general have had a rough year Josh Donaldson I mean the guy that just won the day all MVP not long ago um only has nine home runs and hitting 252 and then Miggy poor Miggy he's only always got 11 home runs 41 RBIs and hitting 267 very un Miguel Cabrera like. I think he's there's got to be some sort of injury issue there. I would think. I think his I think his heart is injured from being on from s- Illich. <laughs> well, that and being on so many Tigers teams that just couldn't get it done. Nick just couldn't get it done. Yeah. And then one other guy I want to note: um, Carlos Gonzalez for the Rockies. He has just been terrible this year. He's hitting 216. He plays half of his games in Coors Field. Six home runs and 22 RBIs. And this isn't a guy that's, you know, super old. He's he's just over 30. Um, for him to have as bad of a year as he's had, and he's just not pulled out of it at all. So maybe he's going to go on this massive binge in the second half, but <clears throat> you're talking about a guy that's, just pretty much hit every single year of his career outside of one, um, which was injury shortened. But, you know, just last year he had, he hit 300 and had 25 home runs and a hundred RBIs to where he's hitting 216 this year. Um, maybe there's something going on injury wise there, but so yeah, just a few of the, uh, more disappointing players, but I think we're set up, for a, a very interesting trading deadline period. And then as unexciting as the National League, I think, is going to be outside of maybe the Central if the Cubs and Cardinals make a push. I think the American League has a lot of intrigue because I think a lot of teams are are still in it and teams like the, the Rangers in Seattle can still make a push for the wild card, I think, um, being only four games back um, if they are able to get some things right and turn it around. Um, you know, I don't see the Rays as someone that's going to take off and be uncatchable in that regard. So 
but I think we are, you know, if everything stays the same, seems seems like we're headed to a Astros-Dodgers collision course in the World Series. But it's baseball. The playoffs are crazy in that the best team doesn't always win. But the um, those two teams have just been very dominant to this point. Yeah, I think the, the second half sets us up for uh, a lot of different, you know, uh, stories to watch. And um, I, for one, am always a fan of, of the trade deadline and who gets moved where and, you know, all that stuff. So that's, you know, I'm looking forward to that. But also, yeah, what American League teams, like you said, can make a push and, uh, you know, what happens with the Cubs. So I think there's, obviously, there's a lot of baseball left, but I think there's a lot of really interesting potential scenarios that could come, um, you know, from what teams tank to what teams, you know, go on a run and, and all that good stuff that we've been talking about. So, um, Nick, I hope you survive the, the days with no baseball here this week. Um, I will see you on the other side, my friend. Hang in there. Don't, will, I'll, don't cry too much. I will be sad, but I'll be fine. So yeah, we'll be here to we'll be here to cover the excitement that's to come. Yes, but before we go, prediction: Who wins the All Star Game, American League or National League? National League, and I have absolutely no reasons for that because <laughs> it's an exhibition game. Fine, I'll just take American League, and then we'll see who wins. We shall. All right. Until next time. See ya. Bye.